Hello, I'm Colin Gilchrist, CEO and founder of Union Kitchen. And this is Food Founders, stories from launch to scale. In this episode, we speak with Daniel Burke, founder of Burke Bites. Dan grew up eating clean energy protein bites made by his family. During his undergrad at George Washington University, he shared these bites with his friends and his doormates. After an overwhelmingly positive response from friends, Dan decided to launch Burke Bites. He was going to bring healthy, bite-sized snacks that deliver long-term energy to the Mid-Atlantic region and beyond. All right, welcome. I'm Colin, CEO and co-founder of Union Kitchen. Today, we've got uh, Dan Burke joining us, and we're going to talk about manufacturing, finding product market fit, and doing all of that you know, while starting a business in college. So, Dan, go ahead, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Daniel Berg, founder of Berg Bites. Awesome. Great to be here. <laughs> Very cool. First, let's just start. What, what, what is Berg Bites? We have a couple different product lines now, but the original product was a homemade little Odin energy bite that we used to serve to our guests as a healthy indulgence, healthy treat after dinner. And is that still the general theme of the business? You're, you're making you know, bites, snacks that are we got, healthy? We got bites, bars, protein cookies, and more on the way. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of interesting things in your store. I've been around for it, so I know a lot of it. But, you know, what, what a great place for us to start is you started this while you were in college, which, you know, isn't how a lot of entrepreneurs started. It's not, not how I started. So, you know, you're in college, you're, your friends are hanging out, they're going out, they're drinking, you know, they're sleeping into to noon, and you decide to start a food company. Why? Yeah, I was still going out, partying, <laughs> drinking, but I was waking up at 6 a.m. and coming to the kitchen and getting it started. Why did I? I always wanted to get this started pretty much since fifth grade, I would say. Fifth grade? Fifth grade. Okay. I was always bouncing different ideas to my mother. We were making different stuff. I wanted to make vitamin infused pills. I want all different stuff, but I saw on the internet a lot of people making these types of energy bites at home, and I'm like, all right, let's make our own. So you and your mom so, are making these bites. We were making them at home, me and my mother and my second mother, Pat. Uh, shout out to Pat, thank you for all your help. She always used to tell me, you're never gonna make money selling these Berg Bites. Even back then, we <laughs> called them Berg Bites. We used to write them on the back, Berg Bites. And I used to tell her, I wanna sell these, you wanna start making them with me. She would always just yell at me, you're never gonna make no money selling no Berg Bites. And <laughs> hopefully I can show her that we're on our way. You'll prove it, very cool. So you're making these, these, these bites and you know, you're making them because they're healthy but delicious. Is that kind of the goal that you guys are trying to achieve? Healthy indulgence is exactly how oh, we would describe indulgence. it. Very cool. All right, so you're doing this at home. You're in, uh, you're in New York, right? This is in New York, yep. Gotcha. And then you come to DC to go to college. That's right. I went to George Washington University. I remember all throughout college, I was looking through different co-packers online and just trying to find a place. How do I even get started calling co-packers? Nobody really answering my calls. And then I found Union Kitchen online and the rest is history. Start a business. Very cool. So were you making the bites uh, like in your dorm room or, or was your mom shipping them over to you? Or My mom was shipping out bags of them all the time. I was handing them around campus, getting the initial feedback. My what, friends were what loving was the feedback? them. Feedback was strong, strong <laughs> enough to get me going and to actually join the kitchen and you know start the business. Cool. So you, so you decided to start a business, and what was the product? It was these these bites. The the original flavor, the same bestseller that it is today. Of course, it's evolved, but the peanut butter dark chocolate bites. Nice, and cool. And so you were uh, you joined uh, Union Kitchen, um, 
and started making a product and started trying to sell it. Yep. Right. And so what was the first product? Describe the whole thing. You, you, you know, what was your packaging? Well, what I mean, originally I had them in these little bags and I would just bring them around campus. Okay. And that was really before, you know, the business was launched. Yeah. Then when the business, the, well, the first packaging we launched in were, were these pucks. Yeah, right here. Um, they actually used to, be, they used to be bigger pucks, but I always wanted to start, a, you know, something different in the food business. I wanted, this was a very unique looking package. So and let's describe it. It's basically, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a hockey a, puck. They were bigger hockey pucks, yeah. yeah. Basically, we called them hockey pucks, and it was actually a frozen product initially. Oh, yeah. So we used to eat them at home frozen. It was a nice, you know, dessert treat. Uh, quickly learned how brutal the frozen industry is, especially for snack products, you know. So <laughs> I had to make a quick pivot. And so this is your first, your first lesson. You know, you're, you're, you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed or something like that. You're, you're in college. You're, you're making this awesome thing, frozen. It's in this really interesting, you know, puck-shaped container. There's nothing else like that on the market. Um, and it's frozen. First lesson. First lesson, well, a really frustrating part about it is that everyone wanted it and really liked it, loved it. So, and I quickly learned how challenging it was going to be to scale this product because it's just, as you can see, very hard to package and open and wait to open them, hand make it, then put it in, then close it, <laughs> then put a sticker on it. And so, freeze it. And then put it in the freezer. So Yeah, which is hard. All the time it took to produce just one batch of those was crazy, crazy difficult. So we quickly learned that we would not be able to scale with that product. And at the same time, we had a lot of interest about in that product. So yeah. it was a very frustrating balance because it was different, unique. People thought it was so cool. But I also knew that this wasn't really going to be scalable. I think that's what's fascinating about your product is you, you started as this frozen product. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you went to a refrigerated product after that. Mm -hmm. Right. You're yeah. In the fridge. I mean, some people still sell our current products in the fridge. Really? So. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And you were doing it all as as kind of round bites. Mm -hmm. They were circles or like marbles, basically, right? Balls. Yeah. Balls. Yeah. That's, that's a good descriptor. <laughs> cool. So you're doing that, and and people love it, and they love that it's it's frozen or that it's this kind of like almost like ice creamy desserty thing. But one, you realize frozen isn't going to work. It's just too hard to push this product through there. This packaging, while cool and unique and interesting, just doesn't really work because there's no way to kind of scale up that. And it's kind of hard to you know keep rolling all these balls. <laughs> and so you got to figure out um, how to change this product, not because customers don't like it, because almost logistics of getting there are different. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that's fascinating. So often people are talking about, well, you know, the packaging was wrong because customers didn't like it or the, the shape was wrong because customers didn't like it. And you're so interesting because customers liked it. Yep. But the shape was wrong because you couldn't manufacture it. The packaging was wrong because you couldn't manufacture it. That's why it was super frustrating. And, <laughs> and I always wanted to do something different and that's why I worked hard to come up with a unique package. But I guess we achieved our goal. We got interest in the market and people knew who we were. and. You know, somehow we, we made the pivot work and we're still going strong, so. Well, and I think, you know, Lou just said, you, you basically had to find product market fit less through customer, because you were good on that, but through manufacturing, which pushed you into learning manufacturing, which it's something you, you've done really well. So. Thank you. Tell me about, about like learning about manufacturing. So you're, you're sitting there and you're rolling them by hand, right? And so what's, what's your progression? Did you just get a bunch of people rolling by hand? Did you buy machines? Talk so we still have the same amazing team almost four years later. Which awesome. So you, your team's there. 
they're awesome, right? And they're, they're rolling one ball at a time. Um, what was your progression to, to manufacture, to get those into sleeves, to get them into different shapes, to be able to make thousands and thousands of these? Because that's what you had to figure out, right? Like people are buying it. How do you make it? Yeah, so for months I was researching different types of machinery. I uh, found one amazing machine, went to Massachusetts, flew down there, brought a bunch of product with me to throw in the machine, tested it there on the spot, and then it came out in these little coins, which is how we sell our products now, in these little sleeves, five coins. And you know, I was really happy with the bite-sized shape, very palpable in your mouth. And you know, that from there we decided we're gonna go with that machine. Buy the machine. We bought the machine, brought it here. And what's the machine? It's called VMAG 500. Gotcha. And so that's, uh, what's that do? That cuts all different types of shapes. Right now we have three different shapes that we make. We have the little circular bites, we have bars, and then we have a cookie shape. So awesome. you can put different inserts inside and you know whatever shape you want. But right now we have three different product lines that it cuts for us just off of one machine. So basically it extrudes and then cuts to shape and to size. And then it takes that whole process away of like having to form each one hand by yeah. hand. Yeah, I remember for a while I was looking at different co-packers and we were just so tired of coming in every day for eight hours, just hand rolling, hand rolling. And, you know, it, it got me very anti self-manufacturing because I was so tired at the time. Yeah. But then thankfully for this amazing machine, you know, really allowed me to love and learn the process of manufacturing and, and get really into it and excited about it and, yep. and realize that we'll be able to, you know, do this ourselves. Yeah, I mean, you can produce a lot. Like, you got a badass machine. <laughs> um, and so, you know, as you think about your continued growth, do you, do you think about, you know, buying more machines from Some, here? That's something we're all talking about right now. We're looking into it. We need a flow wrapping machine, an automated packaging machine. Okay. So right What's now, a flow wrapper do? It automates our packaging. So right now we're still doing a lot of hand work because we have to seal each package by hand. Mm -hmm. So an automated packaging machine would probably cut our, well, it'll make us three times faster. And so it's like a continuous machine where it's got a conveyor belt and your, your bites are just getting put in the package automatically, wrapped up, sealed, and ready to go. Yep. So that's gonna make you way more Make efficient. us faster, it'll make the product even a little bit fresher, which get, makes me super excited yeah, always. Better product. So. Well, I love when manufacturing not only can, you know, make you more efficient and more effective at, at producing, but also can make the product better. I think that's a unique thing of when you know, you're manufacturing yourself, you can actually get a better product as you scale. You know, I think a lot of people think about scaling as, as you know, sometimes you lose that special thing about a product. I think in your case and in many others, because you're so into it, you're actually able to get a better product that tastes fresher, um, can be on the shelf, um, and can reach more customers. Yeah, I mean, that's a good win. We have consistently iterated to get better and better based on the feedback, and we will continue to do that going forward. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. So you're, you're selling, you have to do this entire remake of your product, just going back a little bit. You have to do this entire remake of your product. Um, was that smooth? Was that, was that hard? Like, did you, did you lose sales? Did you have to kind of start over? It was definitely some dark times in there. <laughs> that's for sure. So. Compass Coffee was a, a dream account originally, and an amazing supporter from us from day one. We, the vision was always, I want to sell this in coffee shops. It's a great, healthy treat with a coffee. And our product was moving really well, the big pucks at Compass Coffee. And when we made that pivot, we made a couple mistakes. We started, you know, we put the, the uh, coin bit bites inside of the pucks. Once we got the machine in, we started making coins, and we put them in the pucks, and we would ship the pucks to Compass Coffee. And I remember Harrison, 
giving me a call and just like screaming at me saying like, you know, these are wrong, it says there's eight balls in here, but these are these coins, what is this? People are freaking out and I, you know, it just, that was one of multiple just different challenges yeah. of that pivot and yeah. it was a tough time, but very proud that we powered through and <laughs> made it all work. Gotcha, so, so you're doing great, you go through a tough period where everyone's confused about your product, um, but uh, you know, now you're doing much more in sales, right? That, that's for sure. Gotcha. Where, where are you at in terms of like, you know, what's a, what's a way to think about your growth? What's like your lifetime sales now? We are just hitting a million in sales. That's a good number. It's a that very good, good number. It feels very good. <laughs> We've had a lot of ups and downs, so, which I'm very thankful for because, you know, it lets you know and it keeps you humble to make sure that you never get too high because you understand that there's, a, you know, just highs and lows and having lows throughout is good because there's going to be more lows in the future. So we're prepared for those and we're never going to get too confident and we're always going to stay humble because of that. Well, it allows you to listen to the customers. So your first lesson was around manufacturing challenges. And from there, you know, you've been listening to the customer to, to think about improving your product and making new products. So you launched new products since then, right? We have launched new products. Gotcha. Was that in response to kind of customer demand or tell me about that? Yeah, all are for a different sector of demand, I would say. Naturally, okay. uh, we've been picked up by tons of gyms and gym distributors. Yeah. And Personally, all, it also has to do with a little bit of personal is that I'm just very passionate about sugar-free products and yeah. always been developing with sugar-free sweeteners. And so that's where we, we came out with the Mighty Bites, which is a, a protein cookie product that has 16 grams of plant protein, one gram of natural sugar. So that's been doing very well. That's relatively awesome. new, not even a year old in the market. So very excited about that product. And yes. it's a perfect line extension. You have our Bites and then you have our Mighty Bites. Yeah. So I'm very happy with how that turned out. Very cool. And do the bites, uh, do they have a similar uh, nutrition setup? Are they... Uh, similar nutrition sugar? setup. The base ingredients are very similar. Just the Mighty Bites have more protein content and a pea protein crunch inside. Okay. And then the bites are just smooth, no crunch. And they're sweetened with agave, which is not uh, sugar-free. But they are a little more indulgent tasting. And for those That's who, the bites. Yeah. Nice. So. Very cool. And do you, do you find that kind of the different channels, different things sell better? Like do the bites do better in gyms and, or the Mighty Bite does better in gyms or? They both seem to be selling well in both at the moment. Very cool. So you, you said you've gotten a lot of gyms um, and of course retailers. What are, uh, what are some of the, the retailers that you're in or that you're going to be in in the next uh, you know, few months ahead? The most late, latest and most exciting is, is ShopRite, and that's okay. specifically actually very exciting because we used to shop there as a family growing yeah, up. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, so I was, you know, very exciting and not something we even tried to get, which is really cool. You know, we just had a distributor bring it into the store for us and say, this is a great product and we think you should try it out. And the ShopRite loved it and put it is it, right now rolling out in 120 locations. Okay. So, so if you get 120, and uh, what are other retailers you're in? Other Planet Fitness, oh, okay. uh, Gold Gym, a lot of just different local gym chains. Um, we've avoided the big, you know, chains for many reasons. Mm -hmm. Very challenging. So we've kept it focused on a lot of just local chains. But we're also in Whole Foods locally. Okay. Um, where else? Awesome. Uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard many, to keep track. We have, we really focus a lot on regional distributors. Yeah. So we don't even know all of the stores that we're in. You know. So <laughs> I would say you know four or five hundred stores maybe. Okay. But we put a heavy focus in the last year on e-commerce. 
Okay. So that's been a huge growing part. So you've been us. growing this kind of retail sales by working with regional distributors. Um, you started with us and you've moved into to other ones that have helped you in the mid-Atlantic, but also up in the Northeast, right? Mm -hmm. Any other regions or? Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, okay. a little bit. Nice. Just edging south. Yeah. Cool. But definitely focused on the East Coast. It's shipping to the West Coast. We tried that early on. It's too expensive. It's very expensive. And just so Union Kitchens model and idea of saturating in one area is definitely the way to go. And I, I yeah, I, that's been good for you. It's definitely a way to go. Well, you know, speaking of shipping, you said you've been doing the e-com. So when did you start deciding that would be an important part of your business as well? For it, it was our mistake by not making it a huge focus from day one. Okay. If I started over from day one, e-commerce would be a huge focus from the okay. onset. Why is that? It's an amazing way to just get direct feedback from customers, whether it's through your website or through email or through Instagram ads and Facebook ads. You're just getting all day. We're getting different comments of people. You know, this yeah. price is too high. This is too many calories. It says too much saturated fat. And I love it. And I respond to all of them and give them our honest answer and tell them why we do what we do. And and I appreciate all the negative response because that's how we learn what people don't like. Well, that's great, and I, and I love how you're, you're framing that, right? You're, you know, e-commerce, of course, there's sales, but what you're getting, which is more critical right now, is just immediate, good, clear feedback from customers that are spending money. And that's awesome, right? Because that allows you to make a better product and go and sell to more people. Because if you can answer those questions, if you can make the product they want, you can grow. You can grow your sales. Yeah. Also, as a manufacturer, just super obsessed with getting people fresh product. And on e-commerce, we're making it here, shipping it out the same day or the next day, and people are getting super fresh product delivered right to their door. So that gets me awesome. very excited. And people don't think about that with like bars or bites. No one's thinking about kind of like the value of fresh product. But I think we've all kind of had a bar that just is like you know, it's exhausting to eat bars sometimes. Yeah. Because they're just like dry. <laughs> well, speaking of bars, that's why we've always. Started with bites because we want to do something different. So that's also nice. been a key selling point that we've noticed. The bites, just bites over bars. That you know, it's more fun eating little bites opposed to a whole bar. Nice. So you know, you've been iterating. We've talked about that. You're learning from the market, making a better product online. You're getting this feedback. Um, are you able to kind of take that feedback and adjust your manufacturing process pretty quickly? Right now, there's nothing to adjust. It's just if somebody doesn't, if it's too many calories for someone, let's say the Mighty Bites is 320 calories, that's too, or if it, the cost is too high for you, like. Just that, a data point then. Yeah, it's just, okay, I'm about sorry. Stuff. Yeah, just nothing, I'm not gonna go lower the price because four or five customers today told me. Oh, of course. It's too expensive, but I'm just gonna say, okay, understood. So how do you listen to feedback and then maybe if it starts to build in a trend, that's when you're able then use that to maybe work on the product? Mm-hmm. Very cool. What's been the kind of number one thing you've learned from customers over the last couple of years that you've taken and put into your product? Moisture, I would say. Always trying to make product <laughs> more moist. So not dry. Everyone wants moisture. They want it to taste great, of course. So those two things. Um, but I would say the, the, real, the real thing I've learned about customers is that there's so many types of customers out there. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest challenges in the food business is to really know who you're going after. Yeah, because big time. Unless you have one specific diet set that you're going for, let's say. But it's really hard because there's just so many types of consumers out there. And what I really learned the most is how big the world is. And there's just so many types of different people. Yeah. Like when, I first, when we first started, you're making these handmade bites. You yeah. think like, how am I going to sell to that many people? But it's just a big world out there. Yeah. 
Awesome. So big, big world. Are, are you trying to, you know, find a, do you find yourself kind of moving closer to a niche or do you find yourself uh, going wider and trying to get more people to kind of come to your product? I definitely think it's a, since day one, I've always felt it's a mass marketable item. Yeah. You know, everyone in America, peanut butter is one of the most popular items and we have various peanut butter SKUs. We're okay. actually, actually working on an exciting new peanut butter peanut butter flavor. So Ooh, all right. I think that's going to be a big hit. Uh, all <laughs> of our top sellers are peanut butter flavors across the really? board. So, and our our pricing is pretty affordable. So relatively affordable. What's your price? What do you sell the uh, the uh, so the bites for? You can get five bites, which is about 190 calories for 2.49. Okay. And then the awesome. mighty the mighty bites, which we kind of like to market as a meal replacement. Mm -hmm. 16 grams of protein, one gram of sugar, 10 yeah, grams of fiber. Very very filling. Maybe replace your lunch. Let's say that is around three thirty on the shelf, three dollars and thirty cents. So that awesome. That that's a little bit of a premium price point because of the the premium alternative natural sweeteners that we're using. So yeah, and a lot of protein. I imagine that's got to be a protein plus the sweeteners plus just a lot of product. It's three ounces. It's a big cookie. So it is a lot. Yeah, a I'm lot. not sure I I can finish one that easily. <laughs> you're you're a big man. I think you could you <laughs> yeah, could handle yeah. it. That and lunch. Yeah. That animal. <laughs> nice, man. Well, you know, one thing I'm always thinking about too is, you know, you, you've been building this business, right? And you were saying since fifth grade, you wanted to start this food company. Did you, have you, have you had kind of goals and things that you were hoping to achieve all along? Like what's like the, what's the why of Berg Lights, right? You started the company and that must have felt great. Now you're growing the company. I'm sure it feels great. You know, has there been some milestones along the way that have made you feel, you know, like you're achieving something? And are there milestones ahead that you're excited and really, you know, going towards? Definitely, always, always got to set, keep setting goals. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of the initial goals was always, I'm a huge sports fan, huge, always been an athlete my whole life, so always been just obsessed with sports and uh -huh. want to sell our products to sports teams. So, okay. so we now sell our products to a handful of NBA, NFL teams. And that's awesome. That's a dream come true for sure. So Bergweiss is fueling some NFL and some NBA guys. That's right. <laughs> that's very cool. So we want to get more teams, more, more sports and keep building that aspect of the business, um, cool. but also understood and Realized had to teach myself that all right, it's cool that you sell it to a couple of sports teams, but that's not going to really build your business. Yeah, so they can only eat so many bites. Yeah, <laughs> they eat a lot though. The football players that they, they order a lot and they, they eat, eat a lot, lot. so yes, that, they are good customers. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the niche you can go after, you know, just football players who need to keep weight on, <laughs> just keep crushing these. That's a solid all day. Yeah, that's awesome. So, those are goals, a milestone. But a milestone. Your business is not made by that achievement, but it feels good. Definitely. That's awesome. What else? What else? Just making smart deals only. Yeah. And only saying yes to things that make sense financially for yeah. the business. And just doing, making good business decisions and just growing smartly. Simple as that. Cool. Think, basically having a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> well, pretty much. Yeah. A smart strategy, a profitable strategy. Not one that's mm -hmm. all about how many doors are you in, how many doors are you in, because that's a huge topic that you see. It's just all about, oh, I want to get more stores. But that's how I used to feel when I was you know, younger. Oh, how many stores can I get? How many stores can I get? But I realized it's not really exciting if they're not the right stores and if they're not, let's say, yeah. the right priced stores. Counting stats, you know, they're, they're, they're things that people talk about, but 
you don't build a business off how many stores you have. You build a business off of your ability to, you know, sustainably and profitably sell product to more and more stores. I mean, that's, that's the business. That's what you've been learning. Definitely. <laughs> cool. Gotcha. What's your, what's kind of your next big goal? Is it to cross a million dollar threshold? Is it, you know, to, you know, build your team? Is it to get some big account? Definitely build a team. That's one of the most exciting things is just having a team and, you know, having teammates to work with. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. So actually right, right after this interview, we're going to, I'm starting to interview a couple of potential people. Gotcha. I need, we need somebody to manage our facility. That's a super important hire. Yeah. You know, you, production and kind of the management of production is a great thing to, to hire and, and build someone into. So then as a founder, you can sell, you can tell the story, you can, you know, yeah, figure out strategy. Yeah, I'm packing way too many boxes right now. <laughs> That's for sure. Which is part of it, but you know, if you're doing that um, for too long, well, you don't build the business. Yep. Then you got to build the business. So that's the next goal. Is that's hot. an exciting milestone. Yep. That's a very exciting milestone. So you've been managing production this whole time mm-hmm. yourself. So that's but pretty big. I've been able to learn all the skills, and now I'm ready to pass it on to hopefully someone great mm-hmm. to manage our facility and all the logistics and everything that goes behind it. That's awesome. So, you know, presumably that gives you more time. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? Sell, sell, and sell. <laughs> Nothing right. else. So you've got manufacturing, you can lock that down. You've got a product people like, you know, it's been proven, you have product market fit, it's selling in the stores it's in. So now it's uh, pour that gas in on the fire and sell, sell, sell. Yep. Very cool. Maybe bring out a couple of new exciting flavors, change it up for people a little bit. That's exciting. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, so, so that makes me think a little bit. We've talked about this already, but I always like asking, you know, what's been the hardest thing that's happened and kind of how did you deal with that uh, during your time as, you know, starting this company? What's been the biggest challenge? I would say manufacturing has to be manufacturing a food product yourself and trying to actually scale yourself with having zero point zero prior experience. In yeah, my, you didn't study this in college. I didn't study this in college, nor in my family's even close to the food business. So, you know, <laughs> it, that was the hardest thing. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but that was the beauty of it. And I what knew that. What did you study in college? What did I study? I studied organizational sciences and health and wellness. Okay, all right. There, but, there's some relevancy there. That, definitely, <laughs> but I was here since junior year of college, so. You know, half of my college, I was in here, and I look at this as a, a college in, in itself. Making bites. Yeah. Well, yeah, learning, right? And that, that's it. What's the, you know, what challenges do we seek out as entrepreneurs, as founders of companies, um, with what learning insight? I think about that all the time. You know, for you, it was uh, seeking out the challenge of manufacturing and becoming good at it um, in a way that allows you to scale sustainably and profitably. I would also say formulating, if I had to build on that, formulating was super challenging. Obviously, I'm not a food scientist, and we had a frozen product that we wanted to take to a shelf-stable product, so I myself had to reformulate all of our products. I was talking to food scientists every week, just, you know, learning as much as I could in the kitchen here, just altering the recipes all the time with our team, so that was a huge hurdle to overcome, but I'm super happy with where we've come now. We have very shelf-stable, simple ingredient products that and you can keep doing it you can you can keep formulating coming out with new flavors new products that we will yeah it's, that's a pretty awesome skill that i think uh one not a lot of people have and two i think a lot of people think they can't 
figure out. Like they have to go get their you know master's or their PhD. Yet you know here you are, you're a junior in college at the time, and just through doing it and learning and, and working with you know people that were willing to teach you, now you're pretty pretty good at it. You can get out there, you can make a product, you can go to market with something, you can find out you know if people like it. That's yeah. a, that's a good skill. <laughs> that's a good challenge to to overcome. Very cool. So, you know, just to kind of in, in, in wrapping up, is there like one thing that you like to tell? Because you've been doing this for a handful of years and you started so young. Uh, I'm sure a ton of people are always asking you about what it's like starting uh, a food company. Is there advice or something that you, you like to tell people as, as they're getting started? Maybe as they're in college or they're, or they're just out of college? Specifically for a food business? Sure. Yeah. Or anything. You know, whatever, whatever you want to tell. It's about, I mean, it's, an, it's such an amazing experience that it's such an amazing ride and everything you hear other people say that I've listened to is true, just the ups and downs and just it's such an amazing learning experience, self-building experience, um, but I don't know, what would I, I mean, food business specifically? Yeah, well it sounds like, you know, uh, what you're saying is, you know, you have to be prepared for the ups and downs, you have to come in with a, with a growth mindset with a focus on learning. If, if you have a different mindset, you might not be able to make it, right? Definitely. I mean, what else would I say? Well, I, I said it before, but starting on e-commerce is, it, is a, definitely the way to go. If I was starting a food park right now, I would put a huge emphasis on the e-commerce because initially you get so excited about the big potential hundreds of stores and mm -hmm. it's much, much riskier going that path. Yeah. We've had our fair share of those in the early days of launching in these big chains when the product wasn't ready. Yeah. So. so build both, build both retail and your e-commerce and just listen and learn and continue to make a better product. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely not, that's it. If I had to say the number one thing is to listen and learn and just listen because there's still so much that I don't know. So these days all I'm focused on is just learning as much as possible and listening because yeah. it's the best thing you can do. It's such a funny thing. You think when you're starting a business that it's about selling, it's about whatever but really it's just about listening and being humble enough to hear the lessons and then learning them <laughs> and in being you know resilient enough to keep going you know i i think you've done a tremendous job of facing these challenges and you just keep going right and you learn so much from that resiliency is definitely yeah that's that's the one word that's all you have to say <laughs> yeah just keep showing up and, and and pay attention and making bites making bites very cool, man. Well, Dan, it's been, it's been awesome kind of talking about your story. Uh, thanks for doing this with us. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to Food Founders. If you liked today's show, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you next time on Food Founders, stories from launch to scale.